Forgiveness. It's what we as Christians have received. And it's what we as Christians are obligated to give. In fact, don't we promise that in the Lord's Prayer? Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us, as we forgive others. And then when Jesus is asked, Lord, how many times should we forgive? Seven? Sounds like a good, reasonable number. Jesus replies, no. Try 70 times seven or limitless. But you know and I know forgiveness, it sounds so easy and oh, is it so difficult. And one of the reasons it's so difficult is because of the circumstances surrounding the event in which we are required to forgive. I mean, what if that other person, the person who did the damage, doesn't care, isn't remorseful, isn't contrite or asking for forgiveness? What if they don't even acknowledge the damage that was done? And then what about the nature of the damage, the extent of it? I mean, look, somebody bumps into you on the street. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no problem. I forgive you. And there are all kinds of little insults and things that happen on a regular basis because we're human beings and we don't have a problem forgiving those things. But what if someone is slandering you, affecting your life? What if they're causing damage to important relationships in your life or, or causing you to lose your job or lose money? It gets a little more serious, doesn't it? And it becomes a little bit more difficult to forgive. And what if someone recklessly causes the death of your mother and daughter. Think about that. Would it even be possible to forgive? I mean, we're human beings. How does one forgive that? Well, have I got a story for you. So stay right there. Life-changing sermons. We've all heard them. They empower us, motivate us, breathe life into us. Exceptionally gifted preachers use their unique, deeper insights to uncover and present the scriptures in ways that are life-giving, life-altering. I'm Dr. Bob LaFave, pastor, researcher, and you are about to be inspired by the best preachers in America. In the studio with me today is Cindy Griffiths. She is co-author of a book called The Road to Forgiveness, Hearts Shattered by Tragedy, Transformed by Love. The book is published by Thomas Nelson, Christian Booksellers. Cindy's story is one of the most inspiring and edifying that you will ever hear in your life. And I want her to tell you about what happened to her, her faith, her family years ago. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. Glad to be here. So tell our listeners what the story is. I know you've thought through this story. You've thought through this tragedy a million times, and you've probably put it into so many different words, and, and it's got to be difficult for you to recite again and again. But, oh, it's so uplifting for people, and they need to hear this because we're all challenged by your story. So would you mind telling our listeners a, a brief version of, of what you describe in your book? and what happened to you years ago. Right. 
Well, it was back in 1996 when my children were all still living home and being children. Um, my daughter and my parents were traveling cross country from New York to Salt Lake City, Utah, to uh, the wedding of one of my brothers. I have two brothers out in Salt Lake. One was getting married. And my daughter was 11 years old. She uh, was offered to the invitation to travel with her grandparents by car to the wedding. And so they did. Um, however, the, the morning, they were, the day they were supposed to arrive that morning, there was a car accident and my parents' vehicle was actually rear-ended by someone who had been drinking. Um, my mom and my daughter passed and my dad made it through, as did the driver of the vehicle that crashed into them. And so that's the day the nightmare began. But because I know Jesus, um, I really feel like God put in my heart that it would be a really good idea to reach out to the lady who caused the car accident, to reach out to her with the love of Jesus um, in, in friendship and forgiveness and to see what kind of amazing things that God might be able to do with that. So, so Cindy, you, you, in the midst of your grief, you decided you had to write her a letter. I did. So tell us about that letter. Um, this was the, this was the initial contact that started this relationship and, and your road to forgiveness, really, although it probably started in your heart long before that, but it, tell us about that letter, because to me, it must've been extremely difficult to write and, and, and what do you say and how is she going to receive it? So, so tell our listeners about that first communication. Well, I knew from the first day, really, that I wanted to reach out to her because I knew who my real enemy was. Um, and to me, enemy, as a, as a follower of Christ, my enemy, according to the scriptures in Ephesians 6.12, says our enemy is not our, our fight, our war with our enemy is not against flesh and blood, but against evil powers and, and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places and this mm -hmm. sort of thing. So even from the first day, I, I just had it in my head. She is not my enemy. She's not my enemy. There's someone else who is. He just uses her. He used her. He uses people. And so it was about three months after the accident where I sent a letter off to her. It took me, yeah, it took me a little while to write it. Um, I asked God to show me what to write. Right, sure. um, I fasted for three days yeah. and, um, and sought the Lord and would write intermittently. And, you know, I, I told her like, yeah, this is killing us. What has happened? Mm -hmm. But I, I wrote things like, you know, we've made mistakes too. I've made mistakes. Maybe not this drastic, mm -hmm. but in God's eyes, against mm -hmm. a holy backdrop, a holy God, I knew that we all make mistakes and right. I made mistakes. So in the letter, I said, we forgive you yeah, because Jesus has forgiven us and we forgive you. Right. Well, that forgiveness, you know, you, you make it sound like it was it was a decision on your part. And I know that it was and it came from your Christian faith and your background. But boy, I'm putting myself in your position. And and I I'm, I'm thinking I would be 
so angry. I mean, um, how do how do you get past that anger? How do you get past that that need for uh, I, I I don't know to lash back or 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 yeah. you know I, I know and I know this person went through the legal system, but still, mm-hmm. how do you move past that? The flesh, right? Yeah. The, the the need the need to 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 hurt back, you know. You know, Bob. It says in First Peter chapter two, it says that we should look at Jesus as our example in suffering, and it says that while he was being while he was suffering, he uttered no threats. While he was being reviled, he reviled not in return. Right. Okay, so we can say, oh, but that was that was Jesus, man. He was right. God, you know. But it's the next part of that, that, that verse that it all hinges on. It says, because he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Right. So Jesus kept entrusting himself to the Father's care, to the Father's wisdom, to the Father's will. And we see this over and over in Scripture. And for me, it was like um, anger... I was angry, yeah. but, but because of the biblical perspective that she's not my enemy, I let my anger come out on, um, against the powers of evil. Now, how do I do that? Well, scripture says that we've been given war, uh, uh, spiritual weapons that are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Right. In I think it's, I don't know if it's first or second Corinthians, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And love is a major, major weapon that God has given us. Right. So I felt at the time, I was angry that there was such a thing as death. Right. That would could separate my daughter, mm. 11 years old, and mm. my mother, who I loved so dearly, mm. that death, death itself could separate us. Right. That there was something that, that would, whatever drove this woman to become an alcoholic, mm-hmm. whatever problems were in her life, I was angry at those problems. Right. So I took that anger and I, and I thought, well, evil is my enemy. Right. Satan is my enemy. Right. So to fight him, by golly, I'm going to show this lady friendship and right. I'm going to spit in Satan's face when I do it. Right. And so, so that's kind of so, where my anger went. And, but boy, that's <laughs> so hard. I mean, I mean, okay. And mm-hmm. I, I see that. I see that from a theological point of view. Yeah. This is the way I get back at Satan. I use love against him. Right. Right. Um, But to do that from your heart, Mm -hmm. right. To express love for someone who really you didn't know and Mm -hmm. what you knew about it wasn't great. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, how do you encourage our listeners who are hopefully never deal with the thing that you dealt with, right? That tragedy, a horrible tragedy, but do have people in their lives. They have to forgive Mm -hmm. and they're struggling. Mm -hmm. So, so is there anything that you've learned from your experience that you can point them to that said, look, here's, here's a method. Here's a, not certainly there's scripture, but is there something, were there steps that you went through? Were there phases that you went through that you can tell our listeners, Hey, this is, this is normal or, or, you know, but okay. So you reached out to her, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. were you, would you have been okay if you never heard back from her? I had to prepare myself, yes, that yeah. that, that could have happened. Okay, yeah. okay. See, because I think in all of these, in everything, it's it's we need to be trusting in the wisdom of our Father in Heaven. Mm. Right. You know, because right. things are just made, just not go the way we want them to go, right. whatever the situation is. Right. You know, but I think 
first of all, I think I think we need to always, as especially as Christians, we need to be in the Word of God because we need to know the way God works. We need to know what His promises are laid out in Scripture. Right? How can I trust somebody that I don't know? Right? right. You know. So, like. Like even in the, with me in the beginning, with all the emotions and the agony and, oh my gosh, the tears, you know, I would continually go to God yeah. and cry out to God and wet my Bible with my tears. I mean, right. you know, constantly. Right. It was like nonstop in the beginning. So, and even scripture says in Isaiah, pour out your hearts before him, O people, you know, and God, you have an everlasting rock and he can handle it. Um, so is that the first step? Is the first step to go to God, ask God for it? Is the mm-hmm. first step to offer up forgiveness? Is, uh, you know, what is... Yeah, okay, that's an interesting question. I think that you pose it that way. I would say the first thing is go to God with just all your emotions, period. Right. You know, um, and get from God. Right. We can't give away what we don't have. Huh. Yeah. You know, and so because I know that God really, really, really loves me, I knew that I can go to the Lord with everything I was feeling, Mm. you know, but when I looked, when I looked at the future and I said, well, now, you know, now what? And God, and I was praying that God would be glorified through this because you want it. Part of, I think what makes a tragedy so tragic is there's like nothing you can do about it. You can't go back and change history. Right. Um, there's a lot of things we can fix in life, but there are some things we can't. Right. And I think that going to the Lord with all those emotions, with all the disappointment, with all the hurt is good. And then to say, well, Lord, if I, like I said, if I can't have them back and I couldn't, I want you, Lord, use us for your glory. Right. You know, I want to see people in heaven someday right. because sure. of this whole thing. Sure. It's like, well, Lord, you know, use this for good as you're only able to, as right. only you are able to do. Right. And in one of those times in prayer, just kind of crying before God with my, I was a mess. I just started to, I just started to sense like God loves this lady. Yeah. And she must be in a real bad place herself. Yeah. yeah. With her life before and what she did. Right. And this would be a great opportunity. Right. To show someone, her, the love of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And that next to having them back in my yeah, life. Sure. Like, that's what I would want. That's yeah. what I wanted. So, really, Cindy, you know? you're focused the whole time has been on scripture and on God and your relationship with God. Because I think for a lot of people, you get derailed right away because I can, I can take my anger out on the other person or mm-hmm. I can take my anger out at God. Mm-hmm. Why did you let this happen? And it sounds to me that yep, yep. You, you really never went there. And, and would you say you didn't go there because you were so grounded in scripture or because you really had a deep relationship with God. And there was that trust. I think it was the trust thing. Yeah. I think it was the trust thing because I came to know God in my life in such a, in such a profound way that what Jesus has done for us, Yeah. you know, with, with, with laying down his life for us. Yeah. That's where God demonstrated his love. Sure. If he did nothing else in our lives today, that seemed like a blessing. Yeah. He bought our eternity. Yeah. He paid a price yeah. that we couldn't pay. Yeah. 
Um, so that is always your yeah, default. That is so. always the thing you get back to. And that to me is the belief that perhaps sometimes gets challenged. But, oh, well, and yeah. again, not picking on anyone. This is sure. just, we're human beings. Yeah. And people who sometimes get really hurt can say, well, you know, God, um, you know, you let this happen. Um, I guess you're either not as good as I thought or you're not as powerful yeah. as I thought. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so therefore, I'm going to kind of ignore you for a little while. You never went there. And that is just that's just so encouraging. I think it's just it's an incredible um, uh, tribute to your faith and, and your character. And, that, and that's why I think this story is so inspiring. But but let's go back to that. So so you sent the letter mm-hmm. and um, and she did respond. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I sent it in a November, November of 96. And I heard back from her in the end of January of 97. And yeah. she, and she said, she said that she, she was, she appreciated your writing. She did appreciate my writing. She sent me, um, I think it was 26 handwritten pages. Mm. Um, wow. On large, like computer sized paper. Um, like kind of like her life story in wow. there. Like a novel. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. Um, and she shared things about her life. She said she was, she was very apologetic, of course. Yeah. But she also knew that her apologies, she felt were very shallow. Sure. Not that she meant them to right, be shallow, yeah, right, but, you know, right, right. It's going to compared come to what we were carrying. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she did respond. And I was thrilled because I was kind of hoping yeah. that it could somehow continue. Right. I, I was, yeah. So you started a relationship that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that relationship sort of grew. Yeah. And it, it without putting, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, you kind of became a mentor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and stoked her faith mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so God really used that. Yeah. And, and of course, then and, and your book and, and you're on the Oprah show talking about this as well. It was a big, uh, big article in Newsday, big Long Island magazine, New York uh, uh, newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so your story got out there. Um, and you feel it's, it's a story that speaks to larger issues because it's not just about tragedy in our lives, Mm -hmm. but also about forgiveness in general and the fact that it's, it's a natural response Mm -hmm. of us Mm -hmm. to forgive, uh, right. Our, our fellow human beings, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the other, our, our fellow servants, uh, who are under, uh, the authority of the King who has forgiven us of so much. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you speak about it. You, You bring up scripture continually. So obviously this response of yours was grounded in scripture. But when you're out talking to folks who hear this, mm-hmm. what do you see as the things, and maybe you haven't had this question before, but what do you th- see as the things people struggle with the most mm-hmm. when it comes to forgiveness? Something comes to mind right away. Two things come to mind right away. One is um, I find that people feel, people think that, if I forgive this person that offended me, it's as if I'm saying it's okay. Right. And so that invalidates the damage that was done. Sure. And the pain that was caused. Which is very real. Right. Yeah. So I would say that's, that's one big thing. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that I think that when somebody has offended us, people want there to be some kind of retribution. Right. 
You I know, know I do. Somebody needs to pay for sure, it. Sure, of course. You know, there's got to be some kind of justice sure, somewhere. Sure, You know, I would say those are the two. Right. The two things I hear from people the most. And and whose retribution? I mean, do, do I have the right to that retribution? Do I leave this in God's hands? I mean, because what if I don't see that person, mm-hmm. you know, getting the yeah. justice, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, so where do you go there? Do you? And I think what I hear you saying is it still comes down to your relationship with God. I agree with you 100%. Okay. I really do. Because, you know, naturally speaking, it's like you hit me, I hit you back harder. Right. You know, Jesus came to brought an, like an upside down kingdom. Right. It's so different than the way we normally respond and react to things. And yet he came to bring us abundant life. Right. And that means we have to learn how to do things his way. You know, God doesn't want us wrapped up in bitterness and have our, in our hearts and our, the real estate in our brains be filled with thoughts of revenge and plots and plans and just evil, you know, just nasty thoughts. That's not abundant living. God wants us free on the inside. Yeah. And so when he says things like forgive as you've been forgiven, you know, as you've seen me, as I forgive you, you know, you go do likewise. It's not just for the person that you're forgiving. It's because it's going to free you up to have joy, to have peace, to enjoy life. So that leads me to another question then. And I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this, and I'm not sure if it's Mm -hmm. a fair question, but let me ask you. So you did something pretty extraordinary, whether or not you'd want to say that or use those terms. I I will. You you did something pretty extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, inspiring. What if you didn't? Hmm. So here you are years later mm-hmm. and you are speaking churches. You are, you have a fantastic testimony, a witness. Um, you have uh, edified many, many people and taught them a lot about forgiveness about themselves. What do you think your life would be like now if you had not chosen to do that? Wow. Wow. You know, that's really hard to say. I I can only go by what I've heard in other situations, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because I think no revenge, if I ever even took revenge, I don't think anything would ever be enough. Yeah. I don't think that that monster inside yeah. <laughs> would ever be satisfied yeah. unless that person's child and grandmother right. were killed also. So it becomes a never ending cycle. I, I would think it would be a never ending cycle. Um, it would probably most likely affect my marriage, right. yeah, uh, my other relationships. Sure, yeah, and and so that anger you would be holding on to, yeah, that feeling of vengeance, revenge that you'd be holding on to, would probably seep its way into other things. Absolutely, and then you would yeah. see a lot of things that happened to you in that in that framework. Absolutely. Whereas here, you chose yeah. to love in the big things. Right. I mean, this major event, mm-hmm. I would imagine at that point, that becomes the template and the model mm-hmm. for you to love in other relationships and other situations. Mm-hmm. And that then becomes your MO. That's the way Cindy Griffiths operates. She operates out of love. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, it's it's not just about this event. Mm-hmm. It's about the formulation of a character in Christ mm-hmm. over the course of one's one's life. Mm-hmm. Right. So. So to get back to my question before, which is a tough question, 
If I come to you and I say, Cindy, I know you've been through this. Mm -hmm. I'm really having a hard time forgiving. Mm -hmm. What would you direct me to in scripture that would help me begin to see my role in a, in a new light? If you can choose maybe one story of Jesus, one one saying, one parable that I can focus on that really gets me thinking, you know, maybe I need to rethink the way that I see myself being hurt here and what is owed to me, right? What this person owes me. Is there anything that comes to mind? I would say the parable that Jesus spoke about the slave or the servant who was forgiven much by his master. Right. And then that slave or servant turned around in the road, was in the, on the road and saw a fellow slave that owed him a fraction of what he owed his master. And it says, Jesus said, he took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And uh, when the master's other servants heard about this, they reported it back to the master who, who took him and threw him into prison and said, you know, how dare you? Yeah. I have forgiven you much. Yeah. And you turn around and you couldn't forgive for such yeah. a small thing. Yeah. Be gone with you, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, to me, the answer is always looking to the love of God and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Because he paid a debt. Yes, he died for the sins of the world so that the world could be saved, but it's so that the world could be saved through him. Right. And we only get to go through him one at a time. Yeah. We have to come to him one by one, recognize that in, against the backdrop of a holy God, I have yeah. sinned. Yeah. I, meaning I, everybody, I have sinned. Mm -hmm. God, the blood flowed. Somebody, a human being right. gave his life. Yeah. For me mm -hmm. and for everyone who says me. Yep. That's right. You know? And then when that, that, when that love breaks our heart, mm. then our heart begins to break mm -hmm. with, with the things that break God's heart. Right. Our hearts begin to break for other people. Right. My heart began to break for this woman. Right. In the midst of all my pain. Sure. Because of the love of Jesus in right. me. Not right. my love, right. but the love of Jesus in me. Right. And otherwise I would never have cared. Yeah. I want to care, you yeah. know? So it, it still comes down to your understanding of who Jesus is in your life, your relationship to him in the end, because that's the context from which you see everything is that I have been forgiven. I, you, we have been forgiven so much. It becomes our obligation to pass on that forgiveness. It's like in the Lord's prayer when, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive, right. That's not scary. if, That's scary. it's as we forgive. And those two things are tied together, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I'm promising, right? I received your forgiveness, Father. I'm promising mm -hmm. I'm going to forgive too. So mm -hmm. really it is, everything comes down to the context of, do you know how the price that was paid for you? Do you know the blood that was shed for you? Are you willing to accept that 
sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins, which was paid for you. Your sins, past, present, and future. When you do, and what I'm hearing you say is when you really get that, I mean, get it. I mean, you just don't stand up and recite it, but you get it deep in your heart. You feel a sense of, I have a return to make to forgiveness for others. Absolutely. Yeah. And anything else. I think that I think there's such that there should be such a response, responsive surrender, yeah. you know, to God yeah. for what He's done for us. Right. That no matter what He asks, in my case, if this is what was put before me. Yeah. Somebody else, it might be, it'll be something else, you know. Yeah. But well, Cindy Griffiths, God continue to bless you. The Thank book you, is called um, the The Road to Forgiveness: Hearts Shattered by Tragedy, Transformed by Love. Thomas Nelson Publishers. You can get it on Amazon. You get it on Kindle. Uh, and a great read, great chronology of all, like a diary of how you got to that point. And it's just inspiring for everyone. On inspirationalsermons.com, on the Best Preachers Project page, even though Cindy's not a preacher, although I'm trying to get her to become one, um, there's going to be a box with her and some links to her website as well. Uh, Cindy Griffiths, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, God. God bless you. Me too. Love this episode of Inspirational Sermons? Join us at inspirationalsermons.com. And we'd really appreciate it if you head over to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, rate, leave us a review. See you next time as we continue to explore epic, life-changing sermons by the best preachers in America. Preachers in America.